Hello and welcome to episode 16 of iPhone Life podcast. I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher of iPhone Life magazine. I'm Sarah Kingsbury, senior web editor of iPhoneLife.com. And I'm Donna Cleveland, editor-in-chief of iPhone Life magazine. Each week, we talk about the latest Apple news, top tips, best apps, great gear. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to do our year in review. We're going to talk about the Apple year, what Apple got right this year, what Apple got wrong, look back at all the products released. Uh, We've also got some interesting news. And of course, we're going to answer insider questions and give you some tips. Uh, So let's get started. Let me tell you about iPhone life tip of the day. If you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, you should because it's free and will save you a lot of time. So every day we send you an email and we give you a tip of how you can get more out of your iPhone. Um, Some little tidbit you didn't know, something to save you some time. So go to iphonelife.com slash daily tip to subscribe to that. Donna, what was your favorite tip from this week? The week in review. (laughs) This tip is, it's not maybe our most essential tip, but it's something that I didn't know my phone could do and is nice. Um, And that's adding social media contacts or adding social media profiles to your contacts. So to do this, you open the phone app or the contacts app, navigate to your contact that you want to add a social media profile to, tap edit in the upper right corner, and then scroll down to where it says add social profile. And when you tap that, you'll have a list of social media profiles, um, including Twitter, Facebook, Flickr, and several other ones. So choose the one you want, and then you add in the Twitter name. For, or for Twitter, you would add in the at sign and then their Twitter name. For Facebook, it's a little trickier. You have to go um, to that person's Facebook profile and you'll see it'll say facebook.com slash and it won't always just be their name. Sometimes there'll be something else added in so you Mm. need to add it in exactly like that. Then once you've added that and tap done, you when you go to that contact, you can just tap on their social name there and it'll take you straight to their, their profile. So it's kind of a handy thing if you do tend to visit that person's Facebook profile or Twitter profile a lot. <laughs> From your phone contacts, I suppose. Yeah. Does it, will it import their photo or will it do anything else when you link them? The photo is already imported if you have um, Facebook enabled on your phone. Because okay. now in settings on your phone, you sign into your Facebook account. And so already that merges with your contact, but it doesn't automatically add a link. That's what I was going to say. So it does, yeah. it should, they should just combine those because then you can do it in mass. It seems like are you going to go contact by contact? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you like can add Facebook profile photos on mass. I, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't recommend it, but you can. <laughs> why, why don't you recommend it? Because it doesn't work that well. I mean, unless they've improved it. When I originally did it, I wasn't that happy with the results. It doesn't update automatically, I've noticed. Like, yeah. I still have, like, old profile pictures of all my friends. Yeah, it seems to, like, load it when you do do it once and then doesn't do it again. So none of, neither of you two have uh, recently done that? Like, you don't have all of your photos being imported into your contacts from Facebook? I do, but they're just old photos. Okay. Yeah, I'd same. I did it a long time ago and haven't done it since. And I was actually thinking maybe I would try it again because it's nice, especially now with like iOS nine. You know that photo pops up when they call and stuff. It's nice yeah. to have a photo. But plus you can three D touch the contact photo and bring up a whole option of con like 
a list of options for contacting them. Yeah, probably, including something... their social media profile now. Yeah, I'm going to check that. There you go. Okay. Well, that would make it more useful. Make that tip more useful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't don't knock my tip. Uh, but there's something nice about having the photo as opposed to like their like the their initials on the on the circle. So that's another tip that we'll share with you guys on iphonelife.com slash podcast. So it's not letting her. Yeah. If you if you 3D touch the profile picture, you just get the option to uh, call, message, FaceTime, or send them uh, an email. All right. Well, we, I think we gave you guys three tips for the price of one there. You can <laughs> yeah. 3D touch the little photo to get options on whether you want to call or text them. If you have an iPhone success. If you have a, thank you. If you have an iPhone success, you can, in settings, mass import all of your Facebook pictures into your contacts. And we actually have a tip on that. So. Yeah, so we'll share that. iPhone uh, Life. I'm going to say we'll share it if I feel like the tip is up to date. Otherwise, maybe we'll update it and you'll see it at a later date. You'll see it soon if you subscribe to iPhoneLife.com slash daily tips. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we move on, we actually have a correction from our last podcast. We were a little bit hazy on some of the details of mail drop. Sarah, what, did, what is our correction here? Well, our correction is... And we knew that we could send big files, and that was exciting that we can now do that with our iPhones. But when it came to the details, we weren't exactly sure how it worked. Mm -hmm. So I went and found out for you guys. So basically, unlike uh, services like Yahoo or Gmail that can let you send files up to 20 megabytes in size, um, MailDrop lets you send files that are up to 5 gigabytes in size. And how it works is they're temporarily, temporarily stored for up to 30 days in iCloud, and that doesn't count against your personal iCloud storage. And um, and then anyone can receive a mail drop file. Um, if you're using a Mac or have iOS, you should see it as like a just a regular attachment preview. And PC users will see it as a link in the message, and they can click on it to download the attachment to their computer. Um, if you want to send something via MailDrop, you can, I think you can do it um, via iCloud.com. But otherwise, you have to have OSX Yosemite on your Mac or iOS 9.2. And so, um, and also you have to enable it on your Mac. You'll have to go to the settings icon on the sidebar and choose preferences and then select use mail drop when sending large attachments. And then for iPhone and iPad, it's just automatic. You'll just be given the option to use mail drop when you're attaching a large file. Okay, so that, I mean, that makes it more useful. We were complaining that it wouldn't work for PC and now we're saying it, it, you can send it to a PC. Right. I mean, I think, yeah, I, mean, I don't know why. We, I just wasn't sure, but it makes sense. I mean, with like Dropbox, when you mm -hmm. send something to someone in Dropbox who doesn't have Dropbox, they just get a link. So yeah. It's the same principle. And I use Dropbox a lot to you, to do this, and it's it's a really useful feature because, I mean, these days 20, giga, or 20 megabytes isn't that much. You know, no. sometimes... 20, you, 25 megabytes, but still. Even so, it's like if you want to send an adorable video of your nephew... You're <laughs> it's limited. Not cut it. It's not yeah. going to cut well, it. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing adorable videos of your nephew, so feel, feel free to mail drop them. Now to I me. can mail drop them to you. So it's <laughs> yeah. it's a very useful feature for Mac users uh, who don't use Dropbox. That's so funny that that was your first thought because I was thinking like I can send videos of my daughter's like saxophone concerts <laughs> and like choir solos and my dog's doing cute things. So obviously the whole point of it is not work or productivity is to send like adorable videos. I think I do send uh, some large files for work, but I, I, in general, videos are the highest yeah. uh, like data usage that you share a lot, right? 
So that makes sense that we both went there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into our insider questions. Uh, if you haven't heard of iPhone Life Insider, this is our premium subscription. Subscribers to iPhone Life Insider get a video tip every single day, teaching them how to do something cool with their iPhone. They get in-depth video guides. Uh, this week, we are releasing a Siri video guide, all the cool things you need to know about Siri. Um, and in addition to that, go ahead, Donna, what were you going to say? Photography, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> photography. I was joking. Siri coming soon. Yeah, Siri's coming soon. <laughs> um, so photography this week. Next week is our iOS 9 guide. And then Siri coming soon. Um, <laughs> and in addition to in-depth video guides, you get a digital subscription to iPhone Life magazine. You get access to our archives of all of our past video tips. We have over 300 video tips now. Uh, and you get to email us your iOS questions and we will answer them. And that's Sarah Kingsbury will answer them. But also them. you can give it as a gift. So if you have someone in your life who's always asking you questions about your iPhone or iPad, you can give it to the insider mm -hmm. as a gift and now they can ask me instead. <laughs> there you go. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, we'll link to the link to subscribe to subscribe as a gift because I don't have it off the top of my head. But if you want to subscribe personally, you can go to iphonelife.com slash insider to subscribe. And Sarah, what was your favorite question from this week? Um, I have a couple. My first one um, is I have, it's from Anthony. And he says, I have an iPad Pro and would like to see more app groups slash icons on the screen. The current display is four across and five down, yet the screen size could easily accommodate accommodate five across by six down with seven app icons on the fixed bar. Am I able to change a configuration more suitable to the larger display? And uh, the short answer is no. Oh, Isn't that ooh, lame? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the reason I wouldn't necessarily include a question where I was basically like, sorry, I can't help you. But I feel like this is ridiculous. I mean, like on an iPad Pro, Mm -hmm. To have such a limited number of apps available, like like those teeny icons, like all spread out, Apple needs to get their game, you know, going and like fix this. <laughs> yeah, four so, app icons in the dock seems really silly. It. I I do feel like yeah I I agree that one of the considerations though for app icons is you don't want them to be too small because then it makes it hard to tap on which one you want. So I don't think they want to shrink them too much, which maybe is a consideration. I don't know. I mean, because the iPad Pro, which is much bigger than the iPad Air, has the same number of apps on the grid. So I feel like there's definitely mm. room for another row. Yeah, yeah. lame. Well, So I I'm guess... putting it out there because I want like people to complain to Apple and maybe we can make this happen for Anthony. There you <laughs> go. I, 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 one feature I've been thinking of doing on our podcast is an Apple complaint of the week where we come up with one of the things that annoys <laughs> us about Apple or about iPhone. So maybe this can be our first Apple complaint of the week. All right. <laughs> uh, mostly because I've been accused of being too much of a fanboy in our in our reviews. So now I start complaining more. <laughs> I think we'll all easily come up with a complaint of the week. Well, that's partly every week. That. Yeah, yeah. Every week there's something I'm like, God, why doesn't Apple do this? So may maybe we'll add that. Um, one thing you can do though in the meantime is create folders i feel like a lot of people don't put their apps in folders folders are awesome so that's a good way to have access to more apps from your first page of your home screen uh is by putting apps in folders and it helps you organize them too and it's very easy to do just press on the 
uh, app icon until it starts jiggling and then move it on top of the, another app that you want to have in the same folder with it and it will create a folder and then you can just continue um, you know, dragging apps into the folder. You can name it what you want and then click on the home button to, to when you're done. I will say I used to like always have all my apps all organized in folders, but and maybe this is just a hazard of the job because I have so many apps. It got too hard to organize. So pretty much now what I do is, unless it's on my first screen, and I usually don't have folders on my first screen actually, even though I just told you guys mm -hmm. to do that. <laughs> um, I just search and it seems like much easier than trying to remember where it is and find it. Oh, you? Especially yeah. you can even just say Siri open, you know, whatever the app is. Oh yeah, I knew I could do that, but I always forget that's a good one. And for searching, you just swipe down from your home screen or to the right for the, the extended search screen and yeah. then enter in your What I actually name. do is I keep my most, I mean, actually nothing's in a folder right now, but my general organizational principle for my iPhone is I keep the apps I use all the time on my home screen, my first mm -hmm. home screen. And then apps I use less frequently, I will put in folders on like the next few home screens. See, that's what I do, but then at some point, like I kept downloading apps and stopped putting them in folders and it just got to be <laughs> chaos. And I yeah. realized, why am I bothering when I can just search? So if you guys don't open apps by searching, it's definitely a really nice way to do it. Uh, one tip on that though, actually, you can, if you go into settings, you can adjust, and we can probably link to this tip too, the order of what you search. So I don't know right. if apps is by default number one, uh, um, I'm not sure, but you can. You can make it number one because I think what was happening to me is mail was number one. And so I'd get like all of these emails about topics first before I got like the app that I wanted to open. So make sure you go in and make your apps number one in your search. So when you're searching, it shows up really quickly. Right. Good. Cool. Tip. All right. Uh, question number two, Sarah. So this is the... Uh... This is the week of like questions I can't fully answer. <laughs> oh, no. But this is a good one too because sometimes um, what seems like a hardware problem is a software problem and sometimes what seems like a software problem is actually a hardware problem and you need to take your iPhone to the Apple store. So this question is from Amig and he says, how can I get my iPhone 6 to charge reliably? Sometimes the phone will not charge unless I repeatedly connect and disconnect the lightning connector. This occurs with various cables. So that was a good idea, um, you know, trying the different cables because that is definitely a weak point in the whole charging mm -hmm. system. But um, this could be either a hardware or software issue actually. Um, so to rule out software, what Amik should do is a hard reset on his iPhone. And you do that um, by pressing and holding the home button and the side sleep-wake button simultaneously. And you'll need to do it for, you know, at least 20 seconds and until the Apple icon, the Apple logo appears on your screen, and then the iPhone will shut down and restart. And this is basically, I think we've covered this in a previous I, uh, sorry, podcast, but basically this is just rebooting. It's like rebooting your computer. Mm -hmm. and, um, and actually this works pretty often for that problem. Did you hear back from him? Has he I let did you know? Not. Oh, yeah. I'd like to hear back know. from you guys to know if this works. <laughs> we work so hard to solve our your problems. At least let us know if we're doing our job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I will continue to help you until we solve it. So the second possibility, since he's already tried the cable, you know, multiple cables, it's unlikely that's that. Um, and it could be the wall adapter. Um, 
So if you've tried mm-hmm. like using like say That's the USB, to me. yeah, like, it's not working. <laughs> and then figure out the wall adapter doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, so try try plugging those cables into like your computer's USB port and see what happens. So, but if you rule both of those out, it could actually be the charging port itself on your iPhone, and then you can take it to or send it to an Apple store, and they'll you know correctly identify the problem. I'm just guessing, but they actually can like look at your iPhone and diagnose it correctly and and then fix it for you it seems like the last area of weakness that it could be is actually the uh the port or the charging port in your phone so cleaning that out too is often how do you clean it out i don't know i was hoping somebody could help with that well you know like for instance when i can clean up my computer maybe well, you know, you get those little like air things yeah. um, that you clean at your. I would, you, you could try doing that. I think that's that a would, good idea before you send it in. One of those little cans with this, yeah, sprays air. Because depending on like whether you have Apple Care or if it's a warranty thing, you know, maybe try and save yourself some money. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't like mess too much with your phone physically. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. don't but go crazy. But definitely on like this. one of those little air cans that you would use to clean out your keyboard. You could try blowing that into your ports and seeing if that helps. All right, Amig, well, send us an email and let us know which of these options worked for you, if any, or if not, and if none of them work, then definitely go into the Apple Store and make them give you a new phone. Right, and if you don't have an Apple Store near you, um, apple.com slash support slash iPhone slash contact will help you out. All right, well, we've got, so we got some news today. Let me take a look at what we got. Uh, first of all, we're hearing lots of rumors of an iPhone 6C coming out. Uh, what are you guys hearing about this? Well, you guys may have noticed that at the September announcement, the iPhone 5C was discontinued, mm-hmm. and now the iPhone 5S is being sold in its place. So at first, people were saying, oh, they're not keeping the C line, which is the less expensive kind of budget iPhone. That- and, and much less popular, too, to be fair. Well, yeah. Not that much less expensive, and it's plastic. Yeah, sorry, I couldn't. I, I couldn't even let you get through it before interjecting my opinions. Continue, Donna. <laughs> yeah. So, but now there are a lot of rumors saying that just early 2016 we'll be seeing the iPhone 6C, and that it will have a metal casing instead of a plastic casing, but still be colorful, um, and that it will be in the four to five hundred dollar range. Will have Touch ID, and but will not have 3D Touch. And I think one of the big things is it's going to be four inches instead of the new phones that are, what, five inches? Yeah, so it'll be four inches, so it'll be the same size as the 5C, except for... The 5S, you mean? Uh, no, well, the 5C, Or it will yeah. actually be the same size, because that is also four inches. Well, the screen size will. We don't know what it'll look like yet. Yeah, except for, yes, a lot of the photos of it are showing it being thinner and having the rounded edges that the 6 has, but being the same the same screen size as the 5C. Okay, so now when you say photos of it, are these leaked from Chinese manufacturing photos or are these yeah, like... Yeah, leaked photos. Oh, okay. So usually, because I was about to dismiss this whole whole rumor and say there's no way it's going to happen. Yeah, I was really skeptical until I heard that. But when usually by the time you start seeing leaked Chinese manufacturing photos, they're almost never wrong, really. Uh, we'll have to double check that because I saw like, I'm not sure if they were mock-ups or if they were... Oh, um, uh, okay. If they were... Uh, actually from the manufacturers so well because my first response to that is i just i the 5c sold so poorly i'm surprised they're gonna try to keep going on that but i don't know what do you guys think is this a good idea for apple i don't know i mean i 
I know I said this before, I hated the bigger size when it first came out. Yeah. But now I don't want to go back to a smaller screen. I like it just because I think it is smart to keep the smaller screen because I think some people do prefer that. Mm -hmm. And it's a little, it's interesting if they do go this route that um, maybe the whole larger screen trend will you know, turn around a little bit. Like yeah. some people might want a thinner phone that's still small. Like the iPhone 5 model was was kind of chunky. Mm-hmm. And so if they did make it like... <laughs> Just a little. Yeah. So if they made it more like the iPhone 6 form yeah. factor, but four inches, I think that could be nice. I mean, yeah. I have a friend who just had to buy a new iPhone and he actually like went out of his way to buy a new iPhone 5S because mm-hmm. he didn't want a bigger screen. Interesting. So definitely I think there is a market for people who don't want the bigger screens. Although I had the same experience as you, Donna, is I actually wasn't that excited about the bigger screen until I started using it, and now I can't go back. And so yeah. I feel like most people think they won't like the bigger screen, but actually end up liking it. Yeah, I'm, I'm skeptical uh, just based on that. I mean, even like... I feel like kids, even who are like the future purchasers of iPhones when they're adults, like they prefer bigger screens because they've been playing games on like iPad minis and stuff. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm being mm-hmm. lobbied for a like a iPhone 7 Plus next year, oh. which dream on, honey. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. I mean, it, the timing of it seems interesting to me too, coming out. I mean, Q2, presumably that would be in their March announcement because they're going to have yeah. a March announcement. It seems weird. You would think if they were going to release it, they would release it for their iPhone announcement in the fall. Yeah, like why didn't they announce it in September? Yeah. If they were going to do it. I feel like my conclusion is... I'm not writing it off, and I'm going to keep my ears open, but I'm skeptical. Yeah. Uh, the one last comment, and I, similar to you, Sarah, my complaint about the 5C was the price point. It, it was inferior to the 5S in every way. Well, and how much storage capacity did it have? I feel like the starting model was like 8 gigabytes, wasn't it? Maybe. I don't Which remember. Is, they, I yeah. don't think so. I mean, it was plastic, and this one's going to be metal, but it, 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 I bet this one won't have all the same specs as the new phones, Yet, you're only saving a couple hundred bucks. And I make this point a lot, but if you are going to have a sell plan, you're going to end up paying like like between 500, 1,000 or more per year on your cellular plan. Pay an extra hundred bucks or 200 bucks so that you can have the phone that you want for that whole time. Yeah, I just looked it up. It is 8 gigabytes of storage. I mean, 16 is a joke. So 8 gigabytes, that right there, that would, especially because, like you said, the price point, the difference is so small. Yeah. Like if it was a $300 phone, then yeah, but for like five, 600, you can get for 650, you can get the 16 gigabyte. 6s but don't even get that get the 64 one yeah exactly well that that comes back to my same point get the phone you want people because you spend a lot on service i think it's better to get the phone you want and keep it for an extra year if you really feel like it's you know a big purchase but don't get one that's going to annoy you constantly because not having enough storage is like a sort of daily annoyance because you have to manage <laughs> that what Sarah and I are both dealing with. <laughs> and I made fun of you guys so much anymore. when you did it. Oh, yeah. Sarah now has a 64, is it? Or Yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, living the dream, Sarah. Living the dream. The rose gold. <laughs> Sarah's gone very high and mighty. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, same thing. I know I talked about this in the Buying a New iPhone podcast. Same thing goes for data. It drives me crazy when I have friends who are like, oh, don't 
send iMessage, don't send iMessage, send text message or like, oh, I can't view that photo you sent right now because I'm used too much data. It's like, just suck it up, pay a little bit extra for data so that you can use your phone. Yeah, but also, like if you're using all your data, then either, yeah, like David said, you're just not getting enough or you really need to like manage your settings so that you're using Wi-Fi when Wi-Fi is available because most of us work in Wi-Fi and we have Wi-Fi at home and if you're not if you're using data in that circumstance you're in kind of not that bright. <laughs> sorry, sorry to David's friends, but seriously, use Wi-Fi. I'll, I'll let them know you said that. <laughs> um, I feel like no, we don't need tell to... your friend I said that. I feel like we need to record podcasts in the morning more. I'm getting way more worked up about this stuff than I normally am. <laughs> people at home are probably like, why does he care that much about my data usage? <laughs> we care, people. We care here. Um, next up, this one I think is really interesting news. Google Maps just released a new update. Uh, two really interesting things that are the new Google Maps. Number one, they'll tell you when the peak hours of a store are. So you can see a little graph that says uh, how busy Google is projecting the store to be when you're going there. Cool, useful? Um, maybe, probably. I always seem to go to the store when everyone else goes to the store and then I'm in line for like an hour with my groceries and that's annoying, but I yeah. don't know if I'll ever actually, I'll probably just remember that I could do that while I'm waiting in line. <laughs> and not like remember to check before I go. No, I think it's awesome because like I used Waze a lot when um, I spent a couple months in LA when the, tra you know, it's so much traffic and it kind of reminds me of that. You can plan your trips based on looking at those things, like when's the best time to go because it sucks when a store is really busy and there's nowhere to park outside and then you wait in a long yeah. line. So I think I'm all for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, we're a little spoiled because we live in a small town where yeah. you rarely have to deal with this. But in big cities, I mean, if you try to go to brunch in a big city on a Sunday, it's like a two, three hour wait. But yeah, I was just in Chicago obvious, like, do last you need weekend. to check an app to know that? Um, I feel, I mean, some places don't take reservations, so you kind of have to wing it, but it's nice to see, like, I went to a brunch place, or was planning to, but I only had an hour and a half, and we went out, mm. went there, and there was, like, a hundred people outside the restaurant waiting to be yeah, seated. We're like, no, nah, that's not going to work. Waiting in line plus waiting in line while you're hungry just sounds oh, like Oh, it's torture. But so it, Google Maps would have been nice Yeah, I, I don't know that it is obvious, Sarah, because, like, some places are counterintuitive. Like, if I get there at 11, will it be a long line or will it be a longer line than if I get there at 1230? And, That's like, what if I'm comparing two places on Yelp or, you know, maybe in Google because yeah. I'm using Google Maps? And which of those two places will I project to be busier? So I'm all for this feature. I think it's really useful. Okay, well, you use it and let me know how it goes. I will. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'll call a restaurant to find that kind of thing out, but uh -huh. it's, it would be nice to not have to do that. Yeah. What, one of the things I find so interesting is how do they know? Like, how do they know how crowded is it going to be? Are they using Google Maps to, like, find out how many people are navigating to that? I mean, I feel like Google's spying on every other area of yeah. my life, so probably. It's a little creepy, isn't that it? That is a little creepy. <laughs> we should look into that. <laughs> we'll get back to you on that, guys. How does Google know? I think know? if you're wondering if Google is tracking you, the answer is probably just yes. Yeah, the truth is, though, I'm okay with it if they tell me how long lines will be. And, and, if, <laughs> and if they tell me how, how like, how the traffic's going to be on roads, like, all right, I can spy live with away. that. Yeah, spy away. Uh, the other big one, and this Android users have had for, for a couple months now, is you can now save sections of maps uh, for offline usage. 
So you used to be able to save a route, is that correct? Yeah, you can do that in Apple Maps and Google Maps. Okay. You can get your route yeah, basically, ahead of time and then, you know, go. When you're connected to Wi-Fi, you would find out where you're going to go. And then once your app has loaded that, you'll be able to use it even when you're offline. Mm-hmm. But this takes it a step further and saves the whole section. And you can then reroute within that area and use most of the maps features, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. So you don't need to know ahead of time. You can, for example, I mean, this is particularly useful when you're going to other countries and won't have data. Mm-hmm. Like you could go and save a whole, like downtown Paris or downtown Rome as a section. Then mm-hmm. when you're in downtown Paris or downtown Rome, you could say, oh, you can use it to look up restaurants too. So you can be like, oh, That's is there a cool, cool restaurant nearby? Give me turn-by-turn walking directions to that. I'm actually pretty excited about this feature, even it's though I'm cool. still mad at Google Maps. Yeah, why? Why? Oh, because they dropped you off at the wrong place? It was oh, yeah. in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> like, five miles from my location, like, <laughs> on a gravel road. So, yeah, I'm mad at Google. <laughs> Sarah's Google complaint of the week. We're, we're a bit complaining yeah, in the morning, I think. It's going to be my complaint about the month. I mean, I, you know, like, dropping me off, like... Five miles from my location in the dark is not cool. It wasn't Google. five miles. It was. It was because I went on <laughs> Apple Maps and it was like your location is five miles. I had. I actually That's used. Pretty bad. I used Google Maps. I'm really embarrassed to say this. I used Google Maps in town last week, and it uh-huh. gave me Just, really bad directions. This town is um too. It's like two miles by two miles, basically. <laughs> and I grew up here. Okay, it's like 10 square miles, I, I grew think. up here. I should know it. But this person was on C Street, and C Street confuses me because it's like a dead end at some point. And that's what happened. it's like between B and C Street. <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew that part. But it's a dead end. Like in the, you, like the middle of C Street, it doesn't run through. So, But Google Maps did not know that. And it tried to get me to keep driving on C Street. Anyway, new Google Maps <laughs> update. Sounds cool. Check it out. I think that there is no perfect map system out there. I think that they both mess up sometimes. All right, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, I mean Google. I mean Apple Maps has improved a lot now that it has transit directions. So it's kind of interesting that Google Maps comes out with this now. It's like always one-upping Apple Maps. Yeah, and to give Apple a lot of credit, even though I use Google Maps, Google Maps, what they were starting to do was make Android much better, a better experience, and so. Apple Maps is forcing Google to improve iOS version of Google Maps. So I do appreciate the competition. It always yeah. helps us. Yeah, that's a good point. It is a good point. And and Apple Maps really, because they want to compete with Google, has had to like get really serious about improving after things didn't go so well when they first introduced it. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. All right. Well, uh, the new the new season of Serial is out. Uh, podcasts count as iPhone news, I think. <laughs> did you guys listen to the first season of Serial? I did. I didn't. Oh, Sarah, get on that. Whatever. Yeah. So Serial, um, it's Sarah Koenig. She's mm-hmm. from NPR, and she uh, uh, launched her own podcast and basically does a live investigation throughout the season and walks you through her whole process. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. So unlike most podcasts, which is each episode is its own unique topic, like us, mm-hmm. uh, this it follows one investigation throughout the whole thing. So each week she re- she releases like a new installment and you learn something new about the case. Yeah, It was really well done. It was a combination of really good investigative journalism, which is sometimes rare these days, mm-hmm. and just really high quality like podcast. 
Yeah, because it kind of if you're into mystery shows, which I feel like mm-hmm. most people are, because they suck you in. It's like that, except for that it's a real true story. Exactly. And she also does an interesting job of um, kind of bringing her own emotions and process into it while still expressing her like struggle to maintain her objectivity but there's something about it like you get kind of you get to know her which is interesting as well yeah exactly and podcasts are a good medium for that Mm -hmm. um and so yeah check it out have you listened to season two yet no i haven't i actually was just yesterday when we were looking at the news of the week i realized that the second season is out so when do you guys like what's your favorite time and place to listen to podcasts then well, the problem is that Cooking. we live in a... Oh, good one. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, if I want to listen to more podcasts, that's probably the time. We yeah. live in a small town. I think most people listen to podcasts when they're driving. But for me, yeah. my commute to work... I'm sorry for you guys listening out there. You're going to get jealous. <laughs> it's it's about a little under two minutes, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I can walk here in 10 minutes. Yeah. And I live a couple blocks from David, so yeah. it's pretty distance. awesome. And yeah. then we still somehow, like, complain. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a friend visiting from out of town, and he was like, oh, we need to go to this gas station to buy something. I was like, that's so far away. And he <laughs> lives in Arizona where things are, like, an hour away. He's like, it's literally three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but so that's the most popular time to listen to podcasts, I would imagine, but it doesn't work for us. So, yeah, you kind of have to find little times, pockets where you're yeah. not doing – because you can't, I can't listen at work because it's like too distracting. Yeah. So it's like little pockets where audio is right. I do think probably people in bigger cities listen to podcasts more. It'd be interesting mm-hmm. to look at that. Well, send yeah. us an email, guys. When are you listening to this podcast? We're on a yeah. podcast right now. <laughs> but I really like cooking and cleaning are both things or doing laundry. laundry yeah. That are kind of mindless. And I sometimes feel like a little bored when I'm doing those things. So mm-hmm. I like. I like listening it's to podcasts. True. I like then. to give myself something sort of special to do while I'm doing those not very rewarding tasks. I mean, a clean house is nice, but it doesn't <laughs> yeah. feel rewarding at the time. So, well, you—the one thing we know about you, dear listener—is that you <laughs> listen to podcasts. So, send us an email and let us know uh, when you like to listen to podcasts. Also, let us know how you're liking our podcast. So, podcast at iphonelife.com. Shoot us an email. Yeah, or write a review. We, re- we could use some more reviews. We appreciate reviews mm-hmm. when we get them. Even ones that are mean to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into that. We won't get into that. Um, and if you want to be mean, we appreciate that too. Just any feedback is appreciated. Uh, last news item. Best Buy is, uh, is still offering a $100 discount. Are they still offering it actually? They did. I yeah. double checked. Yeah, so if you want to get just the basic... Um, what, what size is the small Apple one? Watch 38 Sport. millimeters? Yeah. Apple Watch Sport, you can get it for 249 That's like so cheap. It makes me wonder. I'm so jealous. Connor Carey, our uh, web features writer, just went and got a rose gold one with a lavender band, which were options that were not available when I got my Apple Watch. And, and I want that i know i'm kind of (laughs) regretting i went with the basic black just because i thought it would go with everything which it does but i like the rose rose gold Mm. and the colorful ones i'm a little sad about it are in some because you wear them as an accessory they're basically jewelry and they didn't really offer any like unless you were wanted to buy the twenty thousand dollar like actual rose gold one i know like they didn't really offer that many feminine options and so I may have to upgrade my Apple Watch. Damn you, Apple. Yeah. I need to tell my sister about this because she wanted to get an Apple Watch for her husband. But So now it's like kind of come into a realm of decently priced. But I feel like, you know, if you're wanting to get a really nice gift for somebody, you could do that. 
but it's still it's still pretty expensive. It's still yeah. pretty expensive, and this is actually a nice transition into our year in review because we can start with we're gonna go over each of the Apple products and what we think so far of them, and let's just start with the Apple Watch. We're all Apple Watch aficionados here. What do you guys think? I'm really happy with my Apple Watch. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. I thought I might even be disappointed by it just because it was so hyped and mm-hmm. but I actually um I'm, I'm really happy with it yeah I use my phone a lot less uh I really like just knowing how active or as it happens lately inactive I am <laughs> and um and sort of the biggest annoyance that my family has with me is a missing texts and phone calls and that doesn't happen anymore so that makes my life better mm-hmm yeah, for me, the most uh, useful feature has been activity tracking, I think. It's really been, I feel like I've gotten an education in fitness tracking by getting the Apple Watch and mm-hmm. taking the time to learn about that. It was really something I didn't know anything about. So I like that, and it's also intuitive and easy to use. For me, the most overrated feature is third-party apps because I feel like mm. Apple basically it's- said, like, you know, you're going to have so many options. Just look what app developers are going to create. Well, you'll be able to use it in ways that you wouldn't even imagine, and that's just not been true so far. Yeah, I'm hopeful that it will change, but I agree. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I think I agree with you. The biggest disappointment for me for the Apple Watch is third-party apps. I was hoping that a lot more apps would come out for the Apple Watch mm-hmm. uh, and that people would come up with cool ways to use the, the Apple Watch that Apple didn't think of. And so far, yeah. I haven't seen that. Well, and to be fair, like I think there are a lot of fitness tracking apps that go above and beyond what you can do with Apple's fitness solutions. But the problem is like I don't even want to spend the time using them because they still are they're slow. Not, they're not mm. fully integrated properly. Yeah. yeah. Even still, huh? Because yeah. that was going to be my next complaint, actually. I... Fitness tracking, I think I'm going to list on slight disappointment. Overrated? It, it, it overrated. Oh, yeah, th- we talked about, like, with each of these to talk about our most overrated and underrated yeah, features. I think, I mean, I, I it's, a, it's an interesting one because I really like having fitness tracking, uh, and it's one of the things I definitely use my watch for, so it's hard to say it's mm-hmm. overrated because I appreciate having it. Um, what drives me crazy about it, though, is it's limited in terms of what they'll track. It's like, gives mm-hmm. me, like, three options. It's like rowing or stationary bike and it doesn't have sports it doesn't have anything with weight training um see i actually like that though because it you know mm. supposedly it is accounting for that by tracking your heart rate so it can kind of tell how much of a burden you're carrying or things like that by okay you and you actually tested the heart rate accuracy how accurate did you find it to be donna it had like random misreadings is what we found um but for the most part it was accurate so random as in like too low too high or did it vary it it varied but there was it would spike like crazy i'd suddenly be like oh "Oh, my heart rate's at 200 and then (laughs) when i was comparing it to another chest strap monitor which is known to be really accurate it hadn't spiked it was just a misreading on the part of apple watch i definitely do feel like i learned a lot about fitness from having this like i now Mm. know kind of what healthy ranges are for or at least for me for like my own heart rate and yeah, like how but, but how... Apple Watch doesn't tell you that you have to like be like oh here's the range that I'm having and then you have to yeah. go research and find out yeah you do have to research but I guess I mean it's like you kind of know your own body so like when I'm going for a run and I'm really exhausted I can look and see what my heart rate is then compared to like when I'm kind of at my like mm-hmm. healthy point of it and you can see if over time when you're going on a run and you're like you know going the same kind of pace 
if you're getting a better heart rate over time, mm-hmm. things like that. But it is weird. It doesn't yeah. put it in context how hard for is it? you. You tell Apple how much you weigh. You tell Apple how old you are. <laughs> and so it should be able to tell you this is, yeah. you know, sort of the generally accepted healthy range mm-hmm. for activity for you. And you want to try and, like, get up to this range. Mm-hmm. And, totally. and most other fitness trackers do that mm-hmm. because it's pretty <laughs> basic. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I think room for some room for improvement there. The last thing that bothers me about the fitness tracker is all their goals are daily goals. Whereas, like, yeah, I can't a do point. a half an hour of exercise each day. Some days I'm really busy, but some days, most days when I do exercise, it's for more than half an hour. Yeah. Um, so I would rather have had, like, weekly goals where it's, like, if I exercise for an hour three or four times a week that I've hit my goal as opposed to 50% of the time it's telling me I'm failing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know that I've noticed that too. Yeah, I don't like that you can't adjust the exercise or stand goals. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that the stand just measures that you stood for a minute because I'm on my feet actually for hours every day, like cooking and um, and like with my dogs or just like I stand a lot more than like for a couple minutes an hour. And I want that credit. Yeah, you want a pat on the back, a, tr- a participation trophy. I want one of those little like... <laughs> stupid award icons yeah give me more awards <laughs> um and i actually met somebody who told me he keeps his activity um goals really low so that so he can get the awards and always meet i'm very his, guilty of that always meet his goal <laughs> i'm the opposite actually i like never meet my goals each week but i like refuse to lower it because i'm like no i, I need to be better <laughs> um what would you guys say were the most underappreciated what were the what were the things with the apple watch that you didn't realize you were gonna like and have ended up being a really useful feature probably the notification thing i mean i i don't have a lot of notifications to my watch because it's i accidentally turned on slack notifications on my watch and that was so annoying mistake but if you're (laughs) Yeah, I fixed that quickly. That's what we use for inter-office communication, Slack. And, and we I recommend it overall. It, yeah, we did a – were you not here for the podcast when we talked about it? Oh, maybe I was. We talked about it on a podcast. Um, but basically, we just send each other gifts all day. And so <laughs> it's like constantly buzzing with like random like gifts and quotes from around the office yeah, and stuff. Yeah, it's not ideal. But if you're really <laughs> um, careful about which notifications you enable on your Apple Watch, it is incredibly handy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, it's made um, it's made me a calendar app believer. Oh. I didn't used to use calendars. I just used reminders. And now I use calendars all the time because I have that um, a preview or what they call a complication on my watch face. And so I can see at a glance what my next appointment is, mm-hmm. which is really nice because I feel like I just am a lot less likely to miss anything that way. And now mm-hmm. I just have all of my work yeah. schedule and personal calendar events show up on my watch. Mm-hmm. And you don't awesome. even need to pull your phone out to just see quickly like what appointments and meetings you have that day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with you guys. I think my most used feature, most appreciated feature of the Apple Watch is the notifications. Uh, the other day, I forgot to have my Apple Watch on. Every once in a while, I forget to put it on. And I find myself like feeling so lost in this world. Like I'm checking my <laughs> iPhone constantly. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And it's like, when you have an Apple Watch on your wrist, you don't feel the need to check your phone, which is so yeah. great. And it is interesting thinking like 
just about the year and how just a few months ago we didn't even have that. And now it's something, I mean, for me, it has become something that I rely on. Yeah. And it's not that I couldn't live without it, but you feel very like, naked to. without it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I'm always just like, why am I even bothering walking if like my <laughs> Apple Watch isn't tracking it? Like if I walk the dogs in the morning but forget to put my watch on. I know. I always feel so bummed out. I'm like, why didn't I put my watch on? My one of my my only other pet peeves actually though, because it's a fitness tracker, I want to wear it when I'm working out, but I don't love the band for the sport. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I actually went out and got a couple other bands and I have a leather band, but then I don't want to use that while I'm working out. And so I end up switching when I do want to work out so that I don't like get my leather band all sweaty. Yeah. It, it just adds one degree of complication. I don't know that anything Apple can do about it, but... I don't find the watch bands... I mean, it is pretty simple, but it's not like a super easy switch out. Yeah. No, I, don't, I wouldn't want to deal with that at all every day. But I do like that. I mean, I basically, after I work out, I just take my watch off and like turn on the faucet and like wash it, like rinse mm -hmm. it off. Yeah, is it is nice really nice to be able nice to do that. My that it's so water resistant, so you don't have to worry. Yeah, I, I would say that's my last underappreciated feature is the, the water resistant uh, and coupled with the Bluetooth. Mm -hmm. um, I, I talked about this in a couple podcasts. My the fact that I can run without my iPhone is uh, like a huge thing now because it's like mm -hmm. such a pain in the ass to like s like have your iPhone strapped to your yeah. arm. Totally. <laughs> and it was really. When fun. are you gonna try the the special iPhone shorts I got you <laughs> to review? Um, never, because I have an Apple Watch. Actually, I was gonna comment about it, but no, I, didn't I need sound you to try them out. But we'll talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> that's an that's a topic for not podcast time um and the other thing too with the waterproof i, th I talked about this i i've taken my apple watch in a lake with a waterproof bluetooth speaker it was amazing so that i didn't realize i'd be able to do which was fun uh but if your hand is underwater the Bluetooth doesn't work. So keep that in mind if you have to keep your hand dry. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a floaty, so it was all good. Um, okay, next next one is uh, iOS 9. Uh, iOS 9 came out in June. What do you guys think was uh, the most overrated feature? What was something they hyped up a lot in iOS 9 that you just don't care about? Hmm. I have to say, I mean, this is something that you need to use uh, you need the iPhone success to use, but I have to say, I don't think 3D Touch is as awesome as mm. it was all built up to be. I mean, in iPhone commercials, they say the only thing that's changed is everything, and it's all <laughs> about 3D Touch. So that's why I'm saying that. It's not, not that it's not a good feature, but it's not like a game changer in my mind at all. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with that. I think that when it first came out, I was really excited about it. And mm -hmm. then I got really down on it. And I'm like, I'm never using it. And now it's yeah. actually slowly making a comeback in, 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 in my life as uh, I discover a few more uses for it. Like we talked about last week with the keyboard. Um, Some of it's getting used to it for sure. Yeah. And apps, more and more apps are integrating it. Um, like uh, Instagram actually integrated it from the beginning, but I've started using it in Instagram more. And when apps integrate it, it is really useful. Uh, I think the problem is more mm -hmm. apps, like Facebook didn't integrate it. That's a big problem, and Spotify hasn't. So I think more apps integrating would help. And Facebook so with Instagram, how do you use it? I mean, I know you can you can um, 3D touch the app icon, and you get some options there. But to me, that's like, it's not that much harder just to open the app and go to create a new... Mm -hmm. and, and Sarah's holding up the Facebook icon and showing me that you can 3D touch the Facebook icon. <laughs> I know, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But they didn't integrate other things. So actually, yeah, I would say the shortcuts from the mm -hmm. home screen, 
I never use on any app. I wish you could, can you, I should know this, can you really like customize those? Because if you could no, customize no, it, that no. could be so useful because it, it choose, they, the developer chooses it for you. Part of the problem is some of the options are things, I'm sorry, I don't take selfies, Apple. Like, <laughs> you know, some of the options are just ones I don't use. But on the other hand, like I love using 3D touch on the phone icon because like you can have a list of like recent contacts pop up hmm. and then I can just really quickly call my husband. I used to have to use Siri to really quickly call him. Siri doesn't recognize his name and I would end up like shouting at Siri, I said, call my husband. <laughs> I might have anger issues, but but now like it's just very quiet and quick. <laughs> okay, so maybe I'm alone on this one, but to me, I'm going to... Oh, no. I, I mean, no, I agree with you. 3D, 3D touch is overrated. I, I just was sharing with you my emotional journey on this. <laughs> okay. I am... Oh, you still were very overall, excited about it. I was very excited about it, and I am not as excited about it as I was. So I would put that mm. in the disappointment camp, but uh, I do think it is a valuable feature still. To answer your question with Instagram, like if you're if you're scrolling through and you see a picture, you can do, you can kind of peek into the person's profile to see oh what other pictures have they posted lately, mm. or you can. Um, now I'm going to forget all the things you can do. But the, you, I just yeah. find myself doing kind of peeking and popping in different apps and things like that, which I like. Cool. Uh, how about you, Sarah? iOS 9, biggest disappointments? I, I think 3D Touch was a big disappointment for me, too. I'm with you on that one. Okay. What about you, David? You know, it's funny. I I should have prepared more for this podcast, I guess. I'm trying to remember like what new features were in iOS 9, and I feel like it was more of a stability upgrade. There was it no was. like huge features one way or the other that I feel very emotional about. Yeah, I mean, the, a few things were there is the updated Notes app, it's transit directions and maps, low power mode. Um, low power mode I love. Thanks, I like Apple. that way more mm-hmm. than I thought I would. I was like, whatever, I'm really like stingy about using it my battery, <laughs> but I use it a lot. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Facebook, for draining my battery. I know, right? <laughs> uh, iCloud Drive, which is an Never optional app it. you can put on your home screen. That one I, I can't say I'm a huge fan of. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I'm so already sort of integrated into Dropbox that I have never felt the desire to switch over to using like yeah, iCloud Drive. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't, don't use iCloud Drive. Notes, I like the folders in Notes, so I can have kind mm-hmm. of different folders. But in general... I don't use notes that I've been much. using it a lot. Yeah, that actually be my, my most underrated really? one. Oh, yeah, me too. There you go. I mean, this is so ridiculous, but even being able to make checklists, I use that all the time and really like it. Like I'm making a packing list for my mm. upcoming trip and I can, you know, Yeah, I've been using it a lot too. I, uh, a friend had a baby and I cooked for her and her husband a couple of times and I made like a menu and Aww, I made... Aren't you a good person? I'm yeah, such Sarah, a good person. she's I a good saved, person to be friends with. <laughs> I saved recipes from the web that I wanted to use. I made a shopping list that I could check off. I made like a sort of to-do list because I wanted to have the meal there on time. So awesome. Sarah, tell us about the dessert you made Donna today. <laughs> I made um, a sort of twist on a German chocolate cake instead of the sort of cooked icing, I made a broiled coconut topping instead with mm. um, toasted pecans and extra coconut. We're all very excited about it. It's Donna's birthday this week. <laughs> Send her your birthday congratulations uh, podcast right. at iPhoneLife.com. And don't worry, we read all of them, so Donna will see your birthday. Congratulations. <laughs> um, moving right along. Um, features with iOS 9, like I said, 
Stability. iOS 8 was supposed to be a stability upgrade, but I found there was really buggy. Was it supposed to be a stability upgrade? Well, they didn't do a lot of cool new yeah. things with it, so I, mean, I assumed both, it would be. Both iOS 8 and iOS 9 can't really compare I mean, to the visual changes of iOS 7. 7 like, that was, was such huge, a big yeah. thing. I, iOS 8, we had family sharing, we had Apple Music, we had Apple Pay. Hmm. There was actually a lot of new features. Okay. Well, it was buggy, and it iOS 9 seems not buggy. that buggy, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's actually huge. Like, it, you don't notice it, but that's good, because... <laughs> I feel like a lot of people listening are going to be like, bull... That's not true. Baloney. <laughs> We're not saying because it's bug-free. A lot of people had issues with iOS 9. Okay. I know that. I mean, it's definitely not bug-free, but it seems better. It's better than <laughs> iOS 8, relatively speaking, compared to iOS 8. Um, it's better. I really like the emoticons. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. I use the new ones all the time. I don't know that I've flicked somebody <laughs> off yet, actually. But I, I I like some of the new I feel like that's something you can't faces. do in seriousness at all because yeah. you might be I, like, I you're using an emoticon well, and I'm to always, do this? I'm always worried that somebody would just take it a little bit too seriously. Like, obviously, I'm joking, but like <laughs> in text, you don't know how to interpret things without the emotion. So yeah. we'll try it out this that. week and let you okay. guys know yeah. next week. I, <laughs> I, I have it. used that that emoji. Oh yeah, who are uh, you flicking off? Do you share? Care, my care office, to share? my office mate, our um, graphic designer Jamie Thatcher. Um, <laughs> he has a very large computer screen and he can't see me, so mm. it's really helpful to be able to like <laughs> flick him off via emoji. <laughs> I'm gonna give you guys another really small feature that I do like. Um, that is the fact that you can now update your operating system in for the future so it pops up and it says update tonight when it's plugged in i love that it's such a small thing but it was so annoying to have to like you have to like set aside time to upgrade your operating system and you'd have to do it when you're at home with wi-fi but you weren't doing anything and watch it mm. uh so i really like that i do too based on that i'm kind of surprised right now there's a 70 percent uh adoption rate of ios 9 mm -hmm. And you'd think it would be even better because of that. Well, but no, because you had to have updated to iOS 9 in order to get that feature. <laughs> but actually, <laughs> somebody hasn't been listening. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's okay. But also, that's actually that's actually really good. Yeah. I mean, uh, Android is True. like 10% or something really low. Well, yeah, I think I was looking to... at like how, like not the span of time it's been out. Like mm -hmm. I think after a certain amount of time, iOS 8 reached over 80%, right? But it's, it's, so it's, it's iOS nine time. lower? No, it's higher. Oh, okay, it's higher for how long it's been out. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. But also, um, I'm actually surprised that anyone is still even using iOS eight because iOS nine. The cool thing about it is it's such a, in terms of how much size space it takes up, it's such a small update and it's compatible yeah. with so many older devices, and so I'm really surprised that people are still using iOS eight. All right, let's talk about the uh, iPhone 6S because that was obviously Apple's, I mean, this, this the iPhone is still Apple's premium, premium offering. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think? Uh, Sarah, first of all, there was a lot of drama going on around rose gold. Should you, should, shouldn't you? <laughs> Are you happy that you got the rose gold? I have a love-hate relationship with the color pink. Um, and, and that relationship continues. Sometimes I'm like, ooh, my phone is so pretty. And sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, it's so pink. I hate it. <laughs> um, but I'm glad I got it. It's different, you know. I'm, I'm jealous of her iPhone success, of her rose gold. Mine, they didn't have it um, when I went in to get mine. I was going to have to wait like a month. 
Mm. I just tried to grab it out of Sarah's hand. <laughs> Here, you can I hold. I don't know why I did that. You <laughs> can hold my iPhone. You're like, actually jealous. It's that my was no birthday. Joke. It's yeah, my birthday. Go. I'm going to hold it. Okay. How's it feel? <laughs> it's not as pink as I thought it would be. And that's I excellent. was going to say, I think it's it's a nicer shade than I thought, too. I feel like, I feel like men could rock that. We, that was the day oh, yeah. we had earlier in the year. Yeah. I would I, be comfortable wearing I feel like even if it was hot gold. pink, men could rock it. There you I mean, go. why not? Yeah, let's not get into the gender stereotypes here. Yeah. But like, I feel like... It's it's not a particularly feminine shade of pink. No, I mean I wouldn't go that far, but I I'm trying to be politically correct here. So oh, sure, okay. men can wear. Oh, Come okay. on, you're. So it is. So it is. I know we do that feel your like husband loves pink. You should get him. He song. does love pink. It's funny. Most uh, of the people I know who love pink are actually men. I don't know why people talk about <laughs> pink like it's a girl color, but that's maybe a different topic for a different podcast. Yeah, different yeah. podcast. Someday we should just do so, like social commentary podcast because so we always try to go there. Is rose gold underrated then? Sounds like no, it was no. so hyped. Everybody, yeah. everybody was so obsessed with it. But I think it, it, it held. Like I think people are happy with it. It wasn't, yeah. but, and nobody was disappointed. But by at it. the end of the day, it's a color. I mean, come on, it, yeah. it's yeah. not that exciting. It's nice to have a new option, but it's just a color. Um, in terms of other functionalities, what would you say? What's the most underrated feature of the? The, uh, iPhone. The improved Touch ID. Yes. For sure. I hate it. I know. This what? is a big debate we Sarah had earlier today. Sarah likes to like struggle to get her phone to unlock, apparently. <laughs> I, first of all, I didn't have trouble with that. I, but sometimes I just want to like look at a notification and I wake up my phone and I know David has opinions about this. I'm, I wake like, up my, my phone to not yell at you too and early. And it opens <laughs> and it unlocks instead of just showing me the stupid notification. Okay. I mean, um, it, it is a transition because that definitely did happen to me a lot. Use the side button, Sarah. That's what it's there for. I don't want to. I want to be set in my quickly. ways, David. <laughs> <laughs> I love how quickly the phone opens. It's like yeah. such a something that like you wouldn't have thought would be a big deal, but it's so nice. Whereas mm-hmm. using the side button, I, I do like that it works even when my hands are wet. I wash my hands a mm-hmm. lot, probably mm-hmm. because I cook a lot. Um, I don't know why I'm working here. I should just be working at like a cooking magazine. <laughs> but, you know, you cook, you wash your hands constantly. My hands are always wet. I'm looking at recipes on my phone. And then it. I have to type in my passcode, which is now six digits. Thank you, Apple. Oh, I and, left mine at four. I was like, I don't want to bother with this. Mm-hmm. Well, really? Yeah. Did you change it back then? Because it's it defaults to six now. I know, I know. I, I changed it back. I read the tip of the day and went for it. There you go. <laughs> I didn't, but so it's annoying. It like previously it was annoying, and now if my hand is wet, it still unlocks, and I like that. Yeah. So it actually works now. Yeah. I mean, well, for me, it's like I before I ended up just using my passcode because I ended up having enough failed attempts, and that's just such a frustrating experience when mm-hmm. you're trying to use Touch ID and it's not working. Mm-hmm. And now it pretty much always works, and it's just. Yeah. To me, that's what I like the best about my success, personally. I know, it's so silly, but it's true. I mean, because yeah. even if, like, the Touch ID doesn't work 10% of the time, it's annoying enough and it causes enough mm-hmm. of, like, extra time in your day that it's not worth doing it at all. So the fact yeah. that it works so well now is really nice. Um, other features that you thought were underrated? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just not that excited about this iPhone. So overall, you're, you're going to put the iPhone success as being overrated in general, huh? Yeah, I feel like, I felt like David and I debated in a previous podcast whether or not um, it was worth upgrading, and I took the position that it wasn't, but then I went ahead and fully upgraded to the rose gold iPhone success. But I actually, and I felt like David won that debate, but now I feel like, in retrospect, I win. <laughs> in <laughs> retrospect, you win. I don't yeah. know. I had so many people tell me that I lost that debate, actually. 
Well, you convinced me. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think a, a feature that maybe we're underrating because none of us are like big photographers is the upgraded camera. I was camera. about to say, the camera is really nice. Yeah. And I mean, I, the. I like live photos. I'm, I thought it was a gimmick and I love them. I was going to say, really? live, love photos, live photos, I thought was the dumbest feature. I almost swore that's how Have I showed that. you my live photos of my children posing in front of the Christmas tree? I mean, that's where it's at, right? I yeah, mean, no, please do show. I do feel we need like... to update people on live photos or do they know? It never hurts, Donna. What's live photos? So live photos, if you um, 3D touch a photo and it well, – I'm explaining it poorly. It'll um, <laughs> capture video um, a second and a half before and after you take a shot. And then in order to see it when you're going through your Photos app, you just – press and hold the photo and it will come to life. I Therefore, it's called live photo. I thought it was so stupid, but I feel like it was Halloween that sold me. It was like, I'd have all these photos from Halloween. Oh that God, were... let's not talk about that. <laughs> I wasn't even going to bring it up, but as long as you're mentioning it, <laughs> Sarah drunkenly dancing was much better with a live photo <laughs> than it would have been otherwise. <laughs> but all the For photos sure, were yeah. so much fun. You'd hear like just the, the whole night, everybody having a good time and you wouldn't have been able to capture that otherwise. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, I took pictures every year. We take pictures of the kids playing their saxophones in front of the Christmas tree. I don't know how it started. but That's so cute. It is cute. But what was really cute was seeing, like, you know, the goofiness of them, you know, like getting into their pose and then laughing. Mm -hmm. and Totally. It just, it, it captured the moment in a much sweeter way. That's cute. Also, right, we'll dogs see. make great live After photo subjects. After this podcast, Sarah's going to be showing these to me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so we're starting to run out of time. Um, I think we can skip Apple TV and iPad Pro because they're so new. I don't think we're ready to say whether they're overrated or underrated. Yeah. Um, although I love my Apple TV. I'm already going to say it was underrated. Sorry, I'm <laughs> yeah. a fanboy. I can't help it. I love my Apple TV. I feel like you just love TV. <laughs> You're always trying to get me to like watch different shows or like. That makes me sound so lame. <laughs> I all love TV. Okay. Actually, I think the truth is that Except I'm just loves really books. lame and I don't watch TV. Uh, yeah. See, you, you're saying that, but secretly what you're saying underneath that is I'm really cool. Yeah, I'm she's cool doing a humble TV. brag yeah, right now. That was a very solid humble <laughs> brag. <laughs> God, um, just really smart and read books all the time. Yeah. I know it's lame. It's weird. <laughs> I, read, I read genre fiction a lot, so I'm not going to claim that I'm some highbrow like... Hmm reader sarah read all of twilight and started recapping it for me so we're not gonna say necessarily the the highest brow of readers <laughs> i read it ironically because it was funny no, unintentionally oh you did not that's a i lie. did everyone too. who says that's just lying um so i don't lie okay last question for you guys <laughs> Because you, you guys are both saying, or Sarah was saying, I don't know if you were agreeing with her, Donna, that the iPhone success was overrated. What was the most overrated? Why is it overrated? Because mm. it's not, I mean, the biggest change is live photo. Yes, I like it. But, you know, that's not worth upgrading for. Um, 3D touch is really not, I mean, it's just not that intuitive to use. I, it, it's interesting. It's like a new way of using your phone and... I feel like when I first got my iPhone, it was just so intuitive to use. And this, mm -hmm. you really, like, forget it. It's not obvious yeah, or intuitive. It's, true, it's not intuitive. And so it's just not that useful. Um, Touch ID, yeah. same thing. It's fast. It's annoying sometimes. But obviously, <laughs> if I use the sleep-wake button like I should, according to David, that won't be annoying. But You're it's not. You're annoying sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I like to annoy you. Um, but basically, those things aren't worth upgrading for. Mm. What about yeah. you, Donna? Um, I think that in order to get the most out of iOS 9, you do 
need the iPhone 6s to do that. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the features, iOS 9 is built for the iPhone 6s. But um, I don't think it changes your iPhone experience in a really substantial way. So therefore, I agree it's overrated. To me, I just feel like the Apple Watch is kind of the star. I mean, I feel like since I've started working here, I've been hearing rumors about the Apple mm-hmm. Watch, the new product category, and that has really come to fruition this year, which is cool. Yeah, I agree. I will agree that the Apple Watch was the star. I think the only thing I will say to disagree with you guys about the iPhone 6S the S upgrades are always less substantial. So I think it wasn't necessarily overhyped for me because I think that everything we talked about, while maybe not amazing, is still solid improvements. Like yeah, There was very little sure. about the iPhone 6S that wasn't solid. Even 3D Touch, I still use all the time, and I'm glad I have it. But it's not everything... You know, everything isn't new and different. No, like yeah, okay. Apple well, claimed. if we if we're comparing it to like how Apple markets it, everything is underrated or overhyped. But yeah. compared to the reality of what our expectations were, and mine were anyway, I think it met my expectations. I'm gonna say met my expectations. I yeah. thought of one other feature on iOS nine that I really like. I like the I don't remember what it's called, but I like it like predicts stuff. So like when I get oh, in my proactive car, Siri. proactive. I love proactive. Oh yeah. It like when I swipe down from search, it knows what apps I want to use. When I get in my car and it connects to Bluetooth, it automatically gives mm-hmm. me the option to open Spotify right of right away. That was yeah, awesome. I agree. When you're on the road and you um, you'll see gas stations nearby, things like that are really useful. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's all the time we have for today. That's 2015. That's for you guys. 2015. <laughs> um, so thanks everybody for listening. Make sure you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tip to subscribe for free daily tips iphonelife.com slash insider to subscribe to insider please subscribe to our podcast we do a podcast every week we just planned out our next month and we got some awesome podcasts coming up for you guys that's uh, right and please leave us a review on iTunes <laughs> thanks everyone alright see you guys thanks guys <laughs>